0: Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is the podcast where we're studying the Word of God. We are working our way through the Gospel of John. Today is episode 180. We're looking at John chapter 19, verse 6b through 16. Let's read our passage. Pilate responded, Take him and crucify him yourselves, since I find no grounds for charging him. We have a law, the Jews replied to him, and according to that law he ought to die, because he made himself the son of God. When Pilate heard this statement, he was more afraid than ever. He went back into the headquarters and asked Jesus, where are you from? But Jesus did not give him an answer. So Pilate said to him, do you refuse to speak to me? Don't you know that I have the authority to release you and the authority to crucify you? You would have no authority over me at all, Jesus answered him, if it hadn't been given you from above. This is why the one who handed me over to you has the greater sin. From that moment, Pilate kept trying to release him, but the Jews shouted, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Anyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. When Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus outside. He sat down on the judge's seat in a place called the Stone Pavement in Aramaic Gabbatha. It was the preparation day for the Passover, and it was about noon. Then he told the Jews, Here is your king. They shouted, Take him away, take him away, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Should I crucify your king? We have no king but Caesar, the chief priest answered. Then he handed him over to be crucified. Well, Jesus had been delivered to Pilate and their goal was for Pilate to crucify Jesus, because they did not have the authority to execute someone. So they took him to Pilate, the Roman governor. And Pilate talked to Jesus. Pilate was warned in a, by his wife, who had a dream, said, "Have nothing to do with this righteous man. I've been troubled by a dream because of him." And Pilate is wanted to release him, but the chief priests. When Pilate offered to release a prisoner, they called for Barabbas. When Pilate said, I find no grounds to convict him, I'm going to release him, and had him beaten severely, had him scourged, flogged, and wanted to release him then. So he's adequately punished, but the chief priests all shouted, crucify him, crucify him. So here, in the second half of verse 6, Pilate says, Take him and crucify him yourselves, since I find no grounds for charging him. Now, there's a couple of different ways to take this. Pilate could just be exasperated in saying this, but I think he's being kind of in their face. They're saying, crucify him, crucify him. Pilate saying, I crucify who I want to crucify, not who you want to crucify. You want to crucify him? You go crucify him. He knows they can't crucify him. That's what they said. They said, we can't execute him. Only you can. But here Pilate says, if you want to crucify him, you crucify him in which he's saying, you can't, and I won't. But then in verse 7, they said, we have a law. And according to that law, he ought to die because he's made himself the son of God. Now, this is where the real reason comes out. They really haven't said what the issue is. And Pilate knows it's a religious thing, but they are upset because of blasphemy in their eyes, where Jesus has made himself to be the son of God. And this means he must die. Now just anybody said this, it would be one thing, but this guy has people following him. This guy's a miracle worker. This guy is really affecting people and undermining their authority. And he's very critical of them. So this is the bottom line here. He made himself the son of God. But then verse 8, when Pilate heard this statement, he was more afraid than ever. Now why do you suppose that? Well, Pilate's a Roman. He's probably not a religious man, but they're very superstitious. They have all kinds of strange ideas about things and uh, all kinds of strange gods that they worship. And there's stories of these gods having offspring and even these gods appearing in human form. And maybe this guy, Jesus, making himself to be the son of God, really is some kind of divine man. A son of one of the God, many gods. But this has piqued his superstition. Now his wife's already warned him. I've had a dream. And, and now they're saying this guy thinks he's the son of God. And maybe he's thinking, what if there is something there? Now he's not thinking about the one true God, the God of the Jews. He's thinking just this, this might be something supernatural going on here. So verse 9, he went back into the headquarters and asked Jesus, where are you from? But Jesus did not give him an answer. Now, I'm not sure how how, where are you from is going to solve the problem. But Pilate wants wants a little more information. Uh, He's afraid now. His superstition is uh, peaked here and there's something going on. But Jesus doesn't tell him where he's from. So Pilate, in verse 10, says, Do you refuse to speak to me? Don't you know that I have the authority to release you and the authority to crucify you? How dare you not speak to me, or I don't know if it's an, how dare you or don't you know I can let you go? Give me a reason to let you go, so I, I'm probably somewhere in between there, but then in verse eleven, Jesus says, "You would have no authority over me at all if it hadn't been given to you from above. Now he's not saying above meaning Caesar, he's saying above meaning heaven, because all earthly rulers, their authority is only that which God allows. He says, this is why the one who handed me over to you has the greater sin. He's referring to Caiaphas here. The high priest, the chief priest, together as a group, Caiaphas individually, uh, they really have the greater sin. They're the ones behind this. Now He's not saying that Pilate is without sin. He says Caiaphas has the greater sin. Pilate still got some sin. From that moment, verse 12, Pilate kept trying to release him. So Pilate, something here, either resonated about Jesus with Pilate, the superstitious aspect of things, his wife warning, but he really wants to let Jesus go. But the Jews shouted, if you release this man, you're not Caesar's friend. Anyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. They know what buttons to push, and this is the button to push. Obviously, Pilate doesn't care that Jesus is criticizing the chief priests. Pilate doesn't care that Jesus claims to be the Son of God. Pilate doesn't care about their religious bickering. Pilate cares about the Roman rule, and that this is the hot button that the chief priests push now, because Jesus they say, is making himself out to be a king. That is direct opposition against the rule of Caesar. And so Pilate can't be soft, or can't be seen as being soft on anyone who opposes Rome, anyone who challenges the rule of Caesar. So verse thirteen When Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus outside. He sat down on the judge's seat in a place called the stone pavement. Veneer make Gabatha. Now the direct translation here is stone pavement, and that's apparently what they call the judge's seat. And the word Aramaic Gabbatha, some think it kind of is a comes from is an Aramaic comes from a Hebrew meaning the the hill of the house, maybe the Temple Mount. But even that's not exact, so there's not exactly know what all this means. Then he told the Jews, "Here is your king." This, this is an echo of what we saw back in verse 5, where he brings Jesus out and says, Here is the man. Here he says, Here is your king. And this is a true statement. Here is the king, the king of kings. But verse 15, they shouted, Take him away, take him away, crucify him. Pilate said, to him, Should I crucify your king? We have no king but Caesar, the chief priests answered. This is ironic. I mean, if you read the Old Testament, over and over and over again, God says, I am your king. And part of the uh, ceremony at times would be to proclaim that there is no king but God. God is our only king. And so here they are declaring to the Roman governor, we have no king but Caesar. They should be saying, we have no king but God, the Lord. But they're uh, trying to get rid of Jesus. And they've got to push this hot button with Pilate. That they can't be seen as being more loyal to Caesar than Pilate. So verse 16. Then he handed him over to be crucified. And by handing him over means to the Roman soldiers. They're the ones who will perform the crucifixion. There's some question about time here. In, in verse 14, uh, says it was about noon. Literally, it says it was the sixth hour. But that's how the other gospels describe the the time of Jesus's death as being the sixth hour. So some of maybe just uh, whose way of reckoning time you're dealing with. In some situations, the Romans measured time a little bit differently than the Jews did. The Jews measured time from sunrise, where the Romans sometimes measured uh, time from midnight, but generally, in general usage, it was uh, measured from sunrise. So there's a difference here in time reckoning, but it's not like anybody has a watch, Um, as long as they can say it was early morning, mid-morning, late morning. Obviously, it was dawn when they took Jesus before the Sanhedrin, and then early morning when they took him to Pilate, well, this hasn't been going on that long. Uh, I'm not sure how long a scourging takes, but, you know, probably is pushing noon or so at this point, and then Jesus will be taken out and crucified very shortly, and he's only going to live about three hours on the cross, and then when he's taken down from the cross, it's approaching sunset. So that's the time frame of things. But the bottom line here is they have outmaneuvered Pilate and pretty much forced his hand to order the crucifixion of Jesus. There was actually no sentence, no death sentence, or no uh, judgment ever made on his guilt. It was just an order to execute him. Well, thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through the Gospel of John.